0: Welcome to the Trilogy of Terror podcast. Hello, Gore Blimey here, back again with the Totty, as in Trilogy of Terror interview, and not a reference to my guest unless you want it to be. It's the second half of my Friday the 13th discussion with Eric from the Hysteria Continues podcast. Last time we covered the original film and part 2, so here's the rest of our conversation. It's time to get your yo-yos ready, bounce on your bed while spying on your neighbour, and practice walking on your hands, as we talk Friday the 13th parts 3 and 4.
1: Okay, we move on now to Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Originally, of course, in three D in the cinemas. Uh, it opens with the closing moments of Part Two and cuts away from them to show Jason removing the machete from his shoulder and shuffling off, um, you know, off to cause more mayhem. We assume for the next ninety minutes. And then what we get is uh, the all new, brand new Harry Manfredini, Harry Manfredini um, discoed up Friday the Thirteenth score. Now, what uh, do you think of this? Um, I like it. Oh, good. I I don't think, I I don't think it, um, it doesn't scream horror movie to me, the music, (laughs) but I do like it, um and uh, I love the way the the credits come flying out of the screen. Now I imagine that seeing them in three D would be awesome. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately I haven't seen it in three D. But apparently the, the, um I was chatting to Larry Zerner, who plays Shelley in this movie, and oh, he was yeah. saying he was saying that the credit and the name dropping. Um, he was saying <laughs> that the the credits um were one of the highlights of the film for a lot of people because they just they come out and they're sort of above your head and it, it's just amazing. You can, feel oh. like you can reach out and touch them and that. Um, yeah. So after the post credits were in. Introduced to the lovely Harold and Edna, who are this really this <laughs> couple who are so in love, they're really in love, and they own a roadside cafe and uh, supermarket type thing. Um, Harold is prone to wander around and pick at things of the shelves. He'll open a jar of something, um, eat half the contents, and put the shell, put the rest of it back on the shelf for some poor unsuspecting customer yes. to buy. Um, <laughs> Edna obviously is not too happy about all this um, so the, he storms off in a huff she's she's not too happy about a lot of things to be fair she, she's not and you know what one of the things she's probably unhappy happy about most is that I think she's 20 years old and she's been made up to look like she's about 50 she, yes I thought that as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, her husband, though, is uh, my kind of Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I uh, was just about to ask you <laughs> that. Yeah, yes, yeah, so this is Steve Steve Susskind, who also appears in House. He plays the agent in House, and he's sadly no longer with us. But um, yeah, you
0: can you can you can think that even with the uh, sound effects of the outside loo and everything.
1: Well, this is what I'm getting on to now. Um, mm. yeah, he now. He, he's video eye, eye candy for me. And then, unfortunately, he's relegated to one of the most demeaning scenes in any Friday the 13th <laughs> or any film. Indeed, Harold goes to the toilet. Now, OK, people have to go to the toilet. Uh, there's no problem having that in the movie. But he goes to the toilet and there's sound effects. <laughs> and it sounds like he's had a particularly potent vindaloo. Um, mm. And it makes me queasy, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a shame That this character That finally a character That I can uh, um, Love and appreciate In a Friday the 13th movie Totty you mean Yeah yeah, Totty Okay Totty (laughs) Is forced into this scene It's like oh Poor man. Anyway, he, he's he's soon for the chop, as is his beloved wife, Edna. Okay, yeah, so we we meet our, our core group of holidaymakers who are led by Chris, played by Dana Kimmel, um, and we'll get onto her later because I think we may have a differing opinion on, okay. her, thespian, on her thespian skills uh, and her friends, and they go to pick up their uh, friend Vera, who is going to be a blind date for Shelley, who is the rotund, afro-clad, nerdy... Uh, I suppose he's the Joker character in part three. He's the equivalent yeah. of Ned from part two and the equivalent of Ted. Ted. Ted in part two and <laughs> Ned in part one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he should be called Shed then, yes. really, rather than Shelly. Um, uh, we're also um, introduced to our two hilarious stoner characters who are like Cheech and Chong. They're called Ch- Chuck and Chili.
0: Yeah. And they
1: like to smoke dope and wear bandanas and uh, floral shirts and stuff and say man a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and apart from that, not really do a lot for the rest of the film,
1: really. No, they don't. They make popcorn. Uh, Yeah. And they discuss someone else's orgasm, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, uh, They also make people think that the the van is on fire because they're smoking so much pot that smoke is billowing out the windows. Um, Anyway, they get on their way to Higgins Haven is the location for this one which we assume is on the same lake as the previous two films they pass by the crime scene of the loving couple Harold and Edna and Chris looks a bit concerned as he would as she sees the body bags coming out um then she's kind of she's kind of hanging out the window as she's driving she past, is. which is she's she's, very she, very dangerous <laughs> she is uh, Justin says in his review it's really weird she's almost like hanging out horizontally at the window as she's trying to drive up yes. this, this <laughs> narrow road up a hill yeah um yeah uh, so, yeah, so off they go to Higgins Haven, not before they encounter some old man lying in the middle of the road who is this um, episode's Crazy Ralph. That's right. So, of course, Crazy Ralph was killed off in part two, so they have to introduce a new one because, as we said at the start, these films are very formulaic. So, you always have a Joker character, and now you always have the. the um, Prophet the, of Doom. Yes, the Harbinger. Yeah, the Prophet of Doom is yeah. I was just thinking of. Yeah, um, so, he um, basically waves a, sheep ball, a sheep's eyeball in their face. Yeah, is that supposed to be a human eyeball? Uh, no, I think it's a sheep. Did yeah, I mean, it is a sheep, so you can tell, because, like, the yeah. pupil is completely different. I, I, but... can't, can't, I can't remember what the dialogue is. Uh, no. Shelley says, no. "Oh, that's an eyeball, yeah. Anyway, he just waves it out at the screen in a, what, what I imagine is a great 3D effect, but it yes. doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they arrive at Higgins Haven, where Chris goes into the house, and she's scared by her boyfriend. Is he a boyfriend? Uh, yeah, he is her boyfriend, called uh, Rick, what is
0: it with these boyfriends in these things that they like to hang around in dark rooms and jump out on their
1: girlfriends as if they're about to mug them or attack them? I know. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he hasn't been to charm school. No, no. no. <laughs> he does get his shirt off, though, but um, he's no, he's no Harold's. No, there's just a very
0: strange scene where he's swinging about um, and, and you know bringing up the hay, the hay bales and things with no shirt on. It just seems quite gratuitous, but yeah, okay.
1: You <laughs> wouldn't strike you as the the beefcake. No, of, of, the, of the of the film. No, that's no. Harold, obviously. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> yes. Anyway, as they're as they are um, moving the hay around for no uh, no particular reason, uh, they hear a scream. Uh, Chris runs back into the house um, she hears a thud in one of the rooms she goes inside opens the wardrobe and <gasps> Shelley falls out of the cupboard with an axe in his head oh god yeah Ch- and Chilly walks in and she says one of my favourite lines in the Friday the 13th series oh my god is he dead <laughs> as he lies there with an axe in his head fortunately she's actually right to question it because he's not dead it's a practical joke he takes the false axe off his head and of course it doesn't go down too well with the others Um, it's kind of a silly practical joke to play yeah Um, so he um, runs off with Vera to the store to get away from everyone which is where they encounter the amazing bikers who wear tight satin pants Uh, Shelly is throwing his wallet to Vera so she can purchase the items in the store. It's intercepted by Fox, who's the foxy biker chick. Um, She goes through the wallet and finds a condom in there. And she says the immortal line. Do you know the immortal line, Gord? No, go on, go on. Is this your rubber? (laughs) something about that line just always makes (laughs) it laugh. Yeah. So yeah, they get it. It's a very minor altercation. I think in in 2017 terms, it's just uh, a bit of uh, verbal sparring. Really, is all that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, as they're leaving, Shelley is driving, and he accidentally reverses over their motorbikes. So they follow the uh, the two back out to Higgins Haven, where they siphon the gas out of their van, and they're going to burn down the shed. But somebody's in the sh- sorry the, not the shed the barn yeah with all the hay in it but somebody's waiting for them in the barn can you guess who it is <gasps> I think I guess yes mm. it's Jason Voorhees mm. he's in there so um, Fox gets pitchforked to a rafter her friend Loco goes up to find her and he gets pitchforked in the stomach uh, and then uh, what's the other guy's I name I'm just thinking
0: of it as well I can't think yeah, what his name is um,
1: yeah I have down here Sally. Ali. yes is his name, and he goes to, to find the other two and he, well, we don't really see he gets sort of bludgeoned with what looks like a wrench um, mm. but we don't actually see if he dies or not spoiler alert, he doesn't, yet then we are into um, various 3D sequences including yo-yos uh, coming out <laughs> of <to> the screen <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs>
0: nothing to do with the story, nothing to do with it just random things with yes. yo-yos and popcorn
1: and um, yeah, all and sorts juggle- of things and juggling fruit Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, yeah, and we get another toilet scene as well, where, um, where our stoner friend Chuck goes for. I think he goes for a poo as well. Um, I don't. Am I allowed to say poo on your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I said poo earlier. I know, but I, I'm just not sure if you're as childish as we are on the <laughs> history continues. <laughs> so what <we're> you like? <laughs> okay. So um, this is a scene that's actually very similar to one that happens in part... F- Five, um, which had the same screenwriter, where somebody starts shaking the the loo or the uh, the outhouse. I think it's oh, that's it.
0: right. Was it with a like a corrugated tin loo yeah. or something? Yeah. Yes. Long time since I've seen it, but I do remember that. Yeah. Yes.
1: But uh, it just turns out to be his girlfriend, um, Chili. Yeah. So they, but they spot somebody going into the barn that they assume is is um, our good friend Shelley. So they go over to investigate, but. Uh, they don't find anything, but somebody is watching them and breathing heavy. <laughs> it's not me. No, um, no. That was in the earlier scene at the shop. Then, Vera, yeah, Vera, yeah, it is, yeah. It's certainly not in the scene of the toilet. No. <laughs> um, that's me, i will be vomiting during that oh. scene. Um, Vera is then having a little lounge on a, um, what, do you call it? what do you call it, a jetty? Um, yeah. And some, somebody leaps out of the lake and grabs her leg, and they're wearing a hockey mask guess who it is it's not jason yeah what a funny prank (laughs) yes because not only does he jump out of the lake uh, wearing a hockey mask he also has a harpoon gun um and needless to say vera is quite shocked and then he takes off the mask goes "Ha ha, it's only me your fat friend shelly and she's not impressed no no especially
0: as she was supposed to be his date and he's supposed to be trying to impress her
1: yeah but as he says um She calls him a jerk And he says Well being a jerk Is better than being a nothing And I think that's where That's where our hearts Are supposed to break
0: Yeah And go
1: and your heart doesn't break,
0: I don't think. Uh, no, I mean it, it's. I like the fact that they've tried to make him a bit more than uh, just a kind of an annoying character. I like yeah. that they tried, but uh, it doesn't really work for me. Mm. But it, but it's good that they didn't just stick him in there as an annoying character. They did try to give him a reason why he's like he is and and mm. all that. But uh, he's still annoying.
1: Yeah. So he he then disappears into the barn, and that's kind of uh, well. We see him briefly again later mm. in the in the film spoiler alert, he doesn't survive very long <laughs> um, and neither does Vera because she gets one of the, the, I suppose, the standout scenes in the movie where she gets the, where Jason comes out where he has now stolen the hockey mask off Shelley after he's dispatched him. Oh uh, yeah, iconic moment Yeah, Iconic moment, he comes out with a harpoon gun and it goes right into Vera's left eye Um, mm. in a great 3D, oh, what? well again I have to say in what I imagine would be a great 3D moment.
0: Yeah, yeah It would, but, you know, we we can see the wire and everything now, but it would have been really good as a 3D moment.
1: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, you can see a lot of wires in this. There's there's two other wire moments coming up shortly. Um, uh, Debbie and Andy have their best sex ever in the hammock because there's no bed in their bedroom, but there is a a nice hammock, which makes a great um, place for Jason to hide under, apparently. Um, Uh, Yeah. And uh Andy is, is prone to going around walking on his hands as well. So this is the gimmick that he that this figure character has, and it's I don't suppose it's his undoing, but he uh he's walking around in his hands, Jason appears behind him and splits him in two, literally, uh with the machete. Yeah, it's
0: um yeah, he's certainly a memorable a memorable yes. killing. I don't think there was any
1: men in the, the cinema that didn't cross their legs when that happened. Yes. youch Yeah. Um and Debbie uh, is set up at the start of the film as being pregnant and yet she uh, decides she wants a beer.
0: Yeah, it, it's an odd thing that as well. I find that strange that it's mentioned briefly that she's pregnant and then it seems to get completely forgotten about later on in the film. It doesn't really well, yeah. come into the story in any no. way.
1: No, it doesn't. It's much like the snake scene in part one. Yeah, mm, has mm. No, um, no bearing. Anyway, she... Um, she goes off to have a shower. Uh, while she's in the shower, her boyfriend Andy is killed. As I said, with the with his um, Willie being chopped up and all that. <laughs> I think um, more than
0: just that got chopped up. I yeah, imagine. more than just that got
1: chopped up. So, <laughs> that was yeah, that was in the way. Yeah, along the way, along the way, that got chopped up. <laughs> this is very very precise bit of knife work. If that's all that
0: happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he was very precise with his harpoon gun with Vera earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so Debbie decides to read uh, issue one of Fangoria whilst lying in the hammock. She's flicking through the pages. She's on the, I think it's a Godzilla page. When blood starts dripping down onto the, onto her precious issue one of Fangoria, which I think would probably sell for about, a mm. hundred dollars now. Uh, she looks up, and there is her boyfriend Andy, split in two, and, and blood dripping down onto her. But before she has a time time to even register what's happened, Jason replicates what his mommy did so well in part one to J to Kevin Bacon. Mm. She mm. grabs Debbie by the head and sticks a knife up through her chest. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the end of Debbie.
0: It's not a bad effect. Um, If you hadn't seen it before, it would be quite a good effect. But uh, Mm. it's not bad. It's not bad. The the odd thing I thought with that was when she looks up and she sees his body above.
1: um, If I'm right, I think he's kind of been chopped the other way. That's what it looks like to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that as well. And but... You know, no, sorry, I haven't always thought that because that shot when she looks up was cut from the original UK VHS release. So yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't actually see that scene for about 10 years. Um, But I what I always thought odd about that scene is that she sees blood dripping down, but it takes her ages to actually look up. She's like, blood, where's this coming from? And then like <laughs> one, two, three, she looks up. It's like the, your first instinct would be to look straight up, surely. But
0: then she didn't notice the killer that was lying underneath the hammock for quite a long time. True, So I yeah. suppose...
1: yeah. Yeah, she's not the brightest.
0: No, or she was bar. really engrossed in that magazine or something. Yeah. I
1: don't know. I'll tell you something. Fangoria number one is a, a dreadful magazine because it's absolutely got zero content. It's a lot of pictures, but there's there's like each article is two or three paragraphs. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to wait till you have to hit when it hits by issue six or seven. It started to get good. Right, yeah. right. Um, the power goes out, Chuck our stoner friend goes down to investigate the fuse box and is electrocuted now i've always found electrocution to be uh, a pretty lame kill um method in the friday the 13th series they do it again in part eight i know and it just doesn't never does anything for me Mm
0: -hmm. Mm. yeah but i think with this being a 3d film that was probably the reason why they included this because you'd have all sparks flying and stuff i'm guessing that's why it was
1: included yeah, well, just before he goes down to the cellar, he uh, was making popcorn, and that would have been great in three D. And actually, I have the, I have the um, the three D Blu Ray, which is the old uses the old anaglyph process where you have to wear oh uh, the red and blue. The red and blue tinted glasses. So it, it's, it's some of the, effe- the effects are very hit and miss. Mm. Um, but the popcorn one kind of worked for me. It all depends on on how f- long the shot lingers on screen it's to give your eyes time to adjust. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a famous 3D moment coming up shortly that just doesn't mm-hmm. work at all. That no. I'll Yeah. Uh, yeah. So while that's happening in the basement, uh, our friend Shelley arrives at the door of the uh, of Higgins Haven. His throat is slit, but Chili assumes that it's all another one of his practical jokes. So she just leaves and be and she says, <laughs> Oh, get over it, man. Yeah. Um, well
0: she made a bit of a fool of
1: herself the last time he did that and she thought he was dead. She's about to make an even bigger fool of herself because mm. I know you were talking on the last episode about some of the thespian skills in Friday the thirteenth <laughs> part three. And I think this the, the actress who plays chilly I think her name is Rachel Howard. Uh, I think she's the weakest link Um, I don't know if you agree oh right okay
0: right I hadn't thought of her as being particularly uh, weak but okay well
1: okay there's a scene just after when she finally realised Twigs that Shelley is dead she starts running up and down the stairs going oh my god oh my god (laughs) oh Shelley's dead oh my god Uh, the Paramount released a box set of the Friday the 13th films about 13 or 14 years ago and there was a commentary track on part 3 and when that scene came on the actors. So there was Dana Camille, um, there was Paul Kratka, and Larry Zerner, and Richard Brooker, who plays Jason. And they're all saying, "Oh, Rachel, she she had a really high temperature that day. She wasn't feeling very well. <laughs> Just trying to try, trying to make excuses for her." Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think she, she's definitely the, wor- the the worst actress in, in the... I think
0: I've not really noticed her acting that much because she's not right. that big a part in it. and true. Um, and true. I'm not that interested in their scenes, so I don't tend to take a lot of notice of their
1: scenes. Yeah. But you were talking, you were saying, like you thought um, Larry Zerner as, as Shelley was was a weak actor. hmm. hmm. You stand by that? I I would disagree.
0: Oh, okay. I just think he just comes across as being a lot less experienced. And um, yeah, that's really.
1: This was his one and only. Well, he had a role as a um, stage manager with one line in an episode of Fame. Oh, right. (laughs) And then he had this, and that was really it. He's a lawyer now, an entertainment lawyer. Mm, mm. Yeah, I'd heard that, yeah. Mm. He was actually, he appeared on an American game show, and he won something ridiculous like $500,000. Oh, wow. Mm. And he's, he's a friend of Amanda Reyes. Oh, is he? Yes, because they were chatting to him. Uh, This is getting off tangent now, and it's also (laughs) uh, probably of no interest to listeners, but I met up with Gore in London with Amanda Reyes, and uh, Gore, you had to go home to get the train back to Wales, and uh, Amanda was chatting to Larry later that night on on text.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, she kept
1: that very quiet. Yes. Mm. Mm. Myself and Justin were well impressed. Yeah, I am. Anyway. Back to Friday the 13th Part 3. Um, Rick is next to get his comeuppance. And now this is probably the most famous scene in Friday the 13th Part 3. Mm. It's never worked. For me, as a, uh, the, like the 3D doesn't work on the 3D Blu ray, and as an effect, it looks incredibly phony, but it's a lot of fun. It's his, Jason picks him up, squishes his head, and his eyeball pops out mm. uh, at the screen. Now, you can see the wire, as you said, you can see the wire behind it that's pushing the eyeball, and the, the head looks incredibly fake and phony. Oh,
0: absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean, it's one of my favorite kills in this, but not because mm. it's the most effective, just because it's quite, it's just fun, you know, it's just a silly one. It's just <laughs> it's very it. silly. I mean, yeah. I can imagine, like you said, with the, with the, the anaglyph 3D. You said before about it it takes your eyes a little while To adjust to it and stuff So it would fail horribly with that Whereas if you're looking through the the polarising Kind of glasses. Yeah. I can imagine it would work a lot better. Yes, but I just, mm. I just like the idea of it. It's just the, you know, somebody come up with the idea of let's, let's squeeze a head till an eyeball pops out. You know, mm. well, if you got 3D, make the most of it. Do something fun like
1: that. Well, this is it. This is exactly what I love about these early 80s 3D movies mm. is that that they were not ashamed to be 3D movies. Whereas the the vibe I get from the current trend is that they're ashamed to be 3D movies. Yes, so they won't be gimmicky. They won't shove things out of the screen. They won't stop the plot dead in its tracks so somebody can, you know, make. Popcorn, or yeah, yeah, do you know throw a yo-yo at the screen? Which is what I want from a 3D movie. I want the gimmick. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: What's you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a slasher movie and make it 3D, you want to have machetes and things poking
1: out the screen at you. That's the whole point. But even that, I I don't. It doesn't even have to be machetes. It can be like the like the baseball sticking out the screen or the um, you know, the popcorn, the yo-yo, anything like that. I just want the gimmick. That's what I want. I paid my money for. Yeah. Um anyway, the the film continues on with Chris finding everyone dead. This is the usual routine for Friday the 13th. Chris finds all her friends dead hanging from trees and in closets and stuff and she starts and then starts the cat and mouse thing with Jason which ends, ends up in the barn where she tries to um kill him with her arse, which is a new <laughs> method for well, what, well, I should explain what she what she what she does is she climbs up onto the rafters. Well, and when Jason is standing right underneath her, she tries to she she drops herself down on top of him. So her arse hits his face, basically. <laughs> now, it, it doesn't really have any effect, as you can imagine. This is Jason we're talking about. Um, so she runs upstairs and hides in the upstairs of the barn. Jason follows her. She knocks him out with a shovel uh, she ties a rope around his neck, pushes him over the edge to try and hang him. With a big and as he falls, there's a big crunch. So you assume, oh, that must be the end of Jason. Surely he's dead now. Mm. But no, mm. uh, he he um, manages to get himself down from the noose, and this time chris battles back with what looks like the world's lightest axe it looks like it's made out of plastic the way she holds it did you get that impression when you were watching <laughs> no, I didn't. it she picks up the axe and you can tell that there's no weight in
0: it. i don't disbelieve you i just didn't notice yeah. it <laughs> yeah
1: it, ju- it just it always strikes me that okay that way that that axe looks like it's it weighs about two, three grams um and she sticks it in his head jason continues chasing her for a couple of seconds and then collapses and we assume that's the end. And actually that is the end. This is the only Friday the 13th that doesn't have a sting in the, in yes. the tail at the end, a surprise ending um, uh, and our credits roll with our disc, our funky disco music. Oh, sorry. She has her famous dream sequence at the end. I forgot completely. She It, it, it completely um, replicates what happened at the end of part one where she goes out in a canoe onto the lake. Um, she thinks she sees Jason in the house. And she starts panicking, but then she looks up and he's gone, and she realizes, oh, I must have imagined it. And then Mrs. Voorhees comes out to the lake and drags her under.
0: No, I, I quite like that, because the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, it's just a bit of a rip-off of the first one, but actually, I quite like it, because they've sort of flipped it around, because in the first film, it was his mother doing the killing, and mm-hmm. he was the one in the lake that jumped out in the dream sequence, and this time, he's doing the killing, so they had the mother jump out the lake, and, and I thought that was quite a nice little, sort of a twist on on the same thing, you know, I thought that was quite a nice touch.
1: I've always got the impression, now, I don't I don't mean to criticise the Friday the 13th films, because I do love them, but I, I've always- got the impression that it was just incredibly lazy (laughs) it's like how do we end the film oh just do it like part one but with the mother instead of jason okay
0: Um, i'm giving them far more credit than you yeah
1: (laughs) so um as i said i went to see parts one to four at the prince charles cinema in london last year and i went with my friend david now david had only seen parts one and two at that stage um so it was interesting watching them with back to back with him because he said he thought there was a huge tonal shift from one to two to three. He said three was incredibly campy, which is, was a mm. compliment by the way. Um, mm. and he thought it was very silly and campy and stuff. Um, which is something I hadn't really noticed that much before. Cause I never, I've never, I'd never watched them sort of back to back like that. Uh, I'm not great at watching movies back to back because my attention span is so poor. Um, so watching like one and one and two are fun, but they're quite serious. Mm. Compared to 3, which yeah. is... I'm, I'm, and this is a thing that happens with all 3D movies of this era. Just the nature of them being 3D movies makes them kind of trashy and um, silly yeah, uh, and campy. So if you look at Jaws 3, Amityville 3, they, they all have that same vibe about yeah. them, which is yeah. why I love them all.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, I, I like this one for the kind of a campy tone to it as well. I, I get that. And that's probably one of the reasons I like it so much.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was uh, you were saying on the on on your um, Steve Miner podcast that this was your favorite of the series. Hmm. And I, there was a point where it was my favorite as well. My my favorite Friday the 13th tends to fluctuate over the years. You know, initially it was Jason Lives then it moved to the final chapter. Then it was part one. Then it was part three. And then then it was part two. Um, you know, the, the, I, I have definite opinions on w- which was my least favorite. But um, when it comes to my favorite, it's usually one of the first four. Hmm. Yeah and uh, there was a point where it was part three I can completely see wh- why you like it so much because yeah, I do
0: yeah. I think it's, it's just what it is it's just fun it, it's just it's not um, too serious it's it's nothing too deep it's just uh, it, it's got that campy edge to it because of the 3D because it's full mm. of all the silliness of throwing in popcorn and juggling and things like this and, and mm. I quite like that and it's a bit creative with the the killings and stuff like that yeah, um, yeah those are the reasons why I like it I mean I would say it's my favourite a lot of that is also the fact that's the first one i've seen. Okay, so the yeah. first the first one you see is usually, you know, is is likely to be your favorite because that's what drew you into it. But uh, I still think it's a lot of fun.
1: Okay, well the first one i saw was Jason Lives which is one that i can see why i liked it at the time but i, I don't like watching it anymore. I think i probably watched it too much as uh, as a youngster because i it was one of the few films I had on video so I tended Mm. to watch it over and over and over again Ah, Right, and now it's just oh too familiar to me (laughs) uh, but the thing is I've watched the first four probably as many times and they haven't worn out their welcome either so oh fair enough
0: right so there's one more that we were going to talk about in this thing which is the, the final chapter also known as part four now this one started off with a recap but this time the recap is all three of the previous films yes so yeah interesting framed, although, framed by the campfire sequence from yes part two. Yeah. yes although i did know it's not very many clips from part three but yeah they're all mm. there's three films that are is, in there
1: anyway that is strange i noticed that as well
0: mm. um i think i suppose in terms of storyline the first two have got more of the story to them whereas three is just a sort of a fun a re- and it's kind of a retread of two
1: it doesn't it doesn't sit yeah
0: yeah, and the other thing as well with this is the logo this time. Uh, when the logo appears, it explodes into flames. <laughs> yeah, but well they've
1: changed the logo as well because oh, yes. one, 1, 2, and 3 used sort of the, the blocky three-dimensional Friday the 13th logo, whereas this one is an image of the ma- uh, hockey mask with Friday the 13th written kind of in blood on it. I do love right. the way... I love the way it explodes, though. It's yes, awesome. I
0: like that they keep that kind of. They bring on the 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 title, and something happens to it. I quite like that.
1: Yes, and that's something they continue to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we start off. It, it's goes from the the end of the, the previous one so we've got um, the bodies being taken out and so on when the they take the body of Jason into the hospital I noticed that there's a very very brief glimpse of someone who looks like they might be Chris from the previous film being hugged by an older woman so I presume that was kind of added there to have a I little never, bit of a link I never,
1: I never twigged it was Chris I, I I just assumed it was relatives of a victim from either parts hmm. 2 or 3 uh, uh, sorry parts 2, 3 and 4 all take place on consecutive days so this really yeah. is probably this is probably Sunday the 15th really <laughs> rather <laughs> yes. than Friday the 13th but um yeah so I always imagine that those people hugging in the waiting room were were just relatives I didn't think of it possibly being Chris I must look back here yeah.
0: yeah it just crossed my mind but looking at I I rewound and had another look but it's uh they deliberately don't show the person's face and mm. she's got kind of a brown hair with a sort of a perm, long perm to hair, sort of a thing. So it looks a bit like her. I'm not saying it's the same actress. It's just it sounds like John Bon Jovi. You're describing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it would make for a very different film. <laughs> one of the problems that they have with the sequels. Now, this one does feel like a sequel because it does pick up at the end of part three. But one of the problems they had is they could never convince actors to return to reprise the role. Yeah, yeah. Because people would think their, their agents would always say, "Oh no, my my client is is too big now to be in your Friday yeah. the Part <laughs> yeah. Four. Um, yeah. So, so that doesn't help the continuity, I'm afraid. But, um,
0: yeah. but anyway, they bring his body in. They bring him into the, I presume, is the hospital morgue. I, I guess, where we meet Axel, who is the the morgue assistant, who is
1: this sensitive morgue
0: assistant. <laughs> oh God, <So> yeah. Sensitive. <laughs> eating his sandwiches while he's sitting there talking over the body and um, and really creepy. <laughs> so he chats up a nurse and everything. What I like is that when the nurse actually... She actually falls for his charms and goes to his office or whatever um, and there's, like, aerobics playing on the television. Well, it, well, it's not really aerobics. It's basically a woman in a, a black swimsuit that's kind of jumping up
1: and down. It is actually. A, a, we researched this when we recovered it on the history. Really? it is actually a series of videos that exist of. No. Um, I can't remember what they were called, but it is. It, it's basically women in very tight um, leotards <laughs> dancing. Yeah, but they, I love the fact that you watched it with the sound down as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, so not only does he eat his sandwiches in front of the the dead bodies in there, he starts snogging this nurse right next to mm-hmm. it as well. So they they end up kind of lying on a a, a trolley right next to uh, Jason's. Corpse. And they and they
1: know they're on a trolley right next to Jason because mm. there's a news report on the telly that says he, the body of the killer is now in Wessex County Morgue. And Axel goes, "Oh, that's you." They're talking about Buddy. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd be that comfortable eating sandwiches beside no. Jason. God. No, God. Well, any corpse, really. I don't think
0: I'd be that comfortable. You yeah, know, especially not him. But um, as, as we probably will have guessed, because there's a whole 90, 85 minutes to go, he's not dead, Jason. So comes back to life, and he does a really good kill, actually, with this Axel guy by cutting his neck with a bone saw and twisting his head. I thought it was a really, really good effect
1: yes uh, tom savini is back in place to do mm. the effects on this one and uh, they are top-notch i mean they're quite brief but uh, what you do see is excellence yeah
0: yeah yeah this was really kind of you know yeah hard to watch that one it works really well and then the nurse gets offed as well with it i think is it a scalpel he sticks a scalpel. yeah he sticks into a scalpel
1: in a- and the nurse is called um nurse r morgan which is a a throwback to part one do you know how Oh no, go on. Because Annie, the, the 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 cook who gets her throat slit in the woods, that actress's name is Robbie Morgan. So oh. this is Nurse R. Morgan. It's kind of a, a tribute to the first victim. Well, it's oh. not the first victim because there's the two teenagers beforehand. Yeah, but, yeah,
0: but the first character we know that, yeah, yeah. oh, that's quite nice. I like that. And we also get to meet um, Tommy Jarvis and his family. So we get mum, Mrs Jarvis, Tommy Jarvis, who's the young boy, who's also big into horror and
1: sci-fi and makes rubber masks and things. And... He's inherited Adrian King's hair from part one. <laughs>
0: he has, yes. Very true. <laughs> in fact, his, his mum says at one point to him, go and get a haircut. Yeah. And I did wonder, actually, not that, I did wonder if that was a kind of a uh, a little nod to what happens later in the,
1: the film. Yes, yes. Can I tell you something about that scene? Uh, before I had a video recorder, as I said, the first one I saw was part six, but I remember passing a video shop and just going in and looking around, even though I had no player to rent to, to if I wanted to rent something out I had no, no way to play it I remember picking up the box of part 4 and looking in the back and there's a, there's a still image of Tommy Jarvis sitting at his Commodore 64 or whatever it is and he <laughs> has an alien's mask on and I didn't know anything about Friday the 13th I didn't know what it was about but I was looking at this going oh my god aliens come down from space and they start playing <laughs> computer games this must be the most awesome film ever and I was trying to I kept I was imagining all these scenarios why would an alien want to play a computer game I'm trying to imagine what the film was about and then in the end it's just Corey Feldman with a mask on yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it's a bit weird when you first see him And he's walking around with that weird mask on It is a bit strange mm. um, And he's got uh, a sister called Trish Who's like uh, older, I suppose she's supposed to be in her teens or something Sort of sensible sister Yeah So we've got them, they live in one house And there's another house right next door uh, Which has a load of teens coming to stay in so they're on their way in their car. Interestingly, they get lost at one point and pull up right next door to Pamela Voorhees' grave, which is, what a coincidence, but, you know, that's a nice little touch.
1: Yep. And if you and if you notice, the her date of death is billed as 1979. Yeah, I did notice that, yeah. yeah. And, and I think if you look through calendars, there was no Friday the 13th of June in 1979. Oh, well, right. <laughs> because the, the first film says it's Friday the 13th of June, that's right. the present. So...
0: Oh, and uh, they, while they're also driving along, we see one of one of my favourite scenes from this film, which is the hitchhiker. Yes, she is sitting down by the side of the road, trying to get a lift with a with a sort of a post thing with a I don't know banner thing on top of it, asking for a lift. When they go past, she she turns around. What does it say on it? It says something like "fuck you." Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So she sits down again and decides to eat a banana. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the fact that she sits down to eat a banana and then from nowhere, Jason appears, sticks a knife through the back of her neck and she squeezes the banana out. And it, it, I shouldn't like it, but it's just really funny for some reason. It is. It's very funny.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Um... As I said My friend David was saying About the tonal shift Between one and two And part three He said then He he was surprised At how dark four became Now Mm. it's funny That we're laughing At the the hitchhiker scene But um, I could see Where he was coming from Part four does have A much darker tone Yeah. um, Yeah To part three not yeah. to say that it's not yeah. fun, it is but.
0: Oh it is, but there, there are quite a few differences I've noticed mm. quite a few differences in, in this one as well um, Tommy Jarvis meanwhile is upstairs um, Going to bed with the, with the windows open Watching the girl opposite getting undressed In the house um, in the bedroom opposite Which is, it's just very weird That he's just jumping up and down with excitement on his bed
1: I know. Do, do kids do that? I don't know. Do they do that when they get excited? I know. I never saw anybody undress. You know, when I was looking, you never at the seen bedroom anyone undress. <laughs> 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 when I was looking at my bedroom window, all I could see was an army barracks, which should have been exciting, but I, was I couldn't say see that. The, Sounds I, I, better than I, I, I couldn't see the soldiers, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so all I could see was like the most exciting thing out my bedroom window was a tree. Oh. And I don't. I don't get that excited about trees.
0: Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, they say I would make a joke about them giving you wood, but I won't. Yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs>
1: yeah, i was just trying to imagine if you know Harold from Part Three was living across the road from me, and he was getting undressed for bed. I'd probably be jumping up and down on my bed and squealing <laughs> and stuff. Probably, and you'd be the same if it was Ryan Reynolds. Don't say you wouldn't. I'm not denying anything. <laughs> Uh,
0: but anyway, so they, uh, now I've, uh, the teens that are driving, they're walking. Is it because they have to walk to the house or something? I've missed a bit with this scene. Why are they suddenly walking through the countryside when they meet the hot twins on the bikes? Oh, no, that, thats when they're just going <clears> down to the lake. Oh, that's it, because I must have missed a bit there because I couldn't yeah. quite work out why they were walking. So anyway, they meet these hot twins, these two girls that are on their bikes, and, um, and, and also I noticed they one of the characters now I get a bit confused with the names of the characters here mm. um, there is one of the guys wearing the most bizarre pair of shorts they're like a sort of a jersey fabric and it looks like he's got a bag of onions in them and he's got his hands in the pocket I don't quite know what was going on there but I presume he was kind of... quite happy to see the twins as well I, I guess I, I, which one are you talking about I can't <laughs> think of this character well I don't know they're a little bit um, they're a little bit interchangeable some of the characters in this one because there's he's like a, a, a tall dark haired one but there are about three or four of those
1: that's probably paul is he the one who gets he gets a particularly nasty death later in the lake um
0: maybe yeah i know the death you mean but i don't i can't remember this at this point in the film i hadn't really worked out who was who they were just sort of new faces that were appearing
1: we should point out that one of the new faces in the film is uh, the wonderful crispin glover who plays yes yes uh, plays jimbo Yes. And he's he's real standout and yeah, he has a scene coming <laughs> up that I absolutely adore.
0: Absolutely classic scene. Yeah, yes. definitely. <laughs> um anyway, so we have these these new people, they go down to the lake and um you have one of them who pretends to be dead in the water. Yeah, it's like watching part one all over again. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: the the, the mousey librarian type. Yes,
0: yes. Sort of she won't, she won't join
1: in the skinny dipping, but uh the others have plans for her.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So um anyway in the meantime uh, Tommy and Trish and the dog it's called something like Gordon isn't it or something Gordon like that? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're driving along after this i think they they'd seen some of this they're driving when the car breaks down and um while they're trying to sort out the car suddenly from nowhere uh, appears this kind of rugged hunky guy with a rucksack on his back um i can't remember what his rob. name is now rob, rob. yes yeah. he sort of appears from nowhere kind of mr wonderful turns over, you know tries to get the car started he tells trish to get in give it a crank which is probably my favorite hey. line. For, favorite line yeah. <laughs> so and then they're so grateful they give him a lift and tommy takes him upstairs and shows hey. him all his rubber masks well he takes <laughs> him upstairs by his hand which is all very strange he said come upstairs to my bedroom i want to show you something
1: Ooh. <laughs>
0: very strange yeah <laughs> and um, and i've noticed by this time i've made a note that there's actually so many jump scares in, so many false jump scares in this hmm and the other thing I noticed is a lot of boobs in this. Yes, far more than the previous films. Well, the, the previous more, one yeah. didn't have any, but um, this one had a lot of boobs in it.
1: There's even a male bum in it as well. I noticed. There is yeah. Lawrence Monison, the yeah, other. They got skinny dipping. Yeah. Um, it gets it gets more boob and bum tastic in part five, but that's for another right. date. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the other problem I have with this is that it's uh, well got quite a big cast. And it's quite difficult to kind of remember who's who, and who what names or whatever. So mm. this is why in my notes, I've sort of get a bit vague about which one's which, because there, <laughs> there are a lot that kind of look the same. But anyway, we go back to the house later on where they're doing their sort of partying. And this is your favourite scene, I think. Yes. They
1: put the music on. Yes. Yes. Jimbo dances to some heavy metal, well, hair metal. I yeah. think you'd call it from the 80s, by a band called Lion, who I don't think uh, made any impact over here. I've never heard of them in my life. No, I've never heard um, of them. But uh, he starts doing a rather bizarre dance, kind of like David Byrne. If David Byrne uh, was dancing to a hair metal band, uh, it's a thing of beauty <laughs> and it, it's something to behold indeed. And, and it's it's something only Crispin Glover would do. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, it's 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 all his own idea. It wasn't the director's idea for him to dance like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think, well, you know, well done for the, the actress that's dancing opposite him for
0: keeping a straight face and carrying on. I know. She did a great job. It's very strange.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But brilliant. It's strange yet
1: brilliant. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And I also noticed in these scenes as well, it is so 80s. I mean, it's all puff sleeves and big blouses, yeah. pastel colours, big hair. Hairy. It's it's really 80s. <laughs> That's why I love it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, while this is uh, going on, um, Samantha or Sam, she goes off towards the lake and strips off and swims out to an inflated dinghy. That's yeah because she, she's in
1: a huff with her boyfriend who's showing yeah. too much attention to one of the twins
0: yes, yes yes so we get a scene in there where she's finished when jason jumps up from the side of the dinghy and uh, kills her which is that a reference to part one probably not but you know i did think oh that's not the first time
1: he's done that mm. well he does he does he, he sticks yeah he sticks uh some kind of spiky thing yeah. through her stomach and out through her back yeah
0: yeah that comes up from underneath like um well like in part one and part three i suppose but uh, it comes yeah. up from underneath sounds a bit rude as well <laughs> yes and it yeah yeah okay <laughs> i um, don't know i don't know why but it does i don't know because it's coming out of your mouth i think that's why yeah <laughs> but um teddy oh he's so annoying he's so horrible oh poor crispin glover's
1: character (laughs) that's all i think well yeah he keeps calling crispin glover's character a dead fuck because um he recently broke up with bj betty now i wonder where (laughs) bj betty got her name from because she's a Um, fan of bj and the bear It used to be on the telly it must be maybe her name is betty jane betty
0: (laughs) yeah obviously i can't think of any other reason yeah um
1: (laughs) Yeah, so um, Crispin Glover's trying to deduce why she broke up with him and uh, Teddy Bear decides, oh, it's because you're a dead fuck, a lousy yeah. lay." Yeah. And he, keep, and he keeps saying, repeating this over and over again until Crispin Glover manages to score one of the twins. Yes. And then he steals her knickers and waves them in Teddy Bear's face
0: yeah yeah i thought good for him and and then the uh, teddy guy sits there kind of stretching them and playing with them while he's watching vintage porn <laughs> so, and he's the one that thinks the other guy's sad <laughs> yep <laughs>
1: he's not the only one watching the vintage porn
0: no he's not but no. by that time in the film i think he is yeah Probably, yeah. But uh, going back to the lake, um, we've got—is it Paul? Is that the name of the one? Yeah, he goes out and he does a kind of skinny dipping that involves keeping your shorts on, and he swims out to go and find her and discovers that she's dead. swims back to shore, and then we get well, certainly one of the most memorable
1: deaths. (laughs) Yeah, this is the one that makes me go ouch more than the 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 death of the guy walking on his hands in part three. Yeah, cause mm. he gets a he gets a harpoon gun to his groin, mm. and not only that, but Jason actually then once the, it's lodged in his groin, he fires the the harpoon as well. So mm. you can imagine it's, go, it's going up through his system or something. Mm. I'm imagining it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah.
0: Some people might like
1: that death scene. Actually, now that Uh, I think of it,
0: right? Um,
1: That's no, 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 no. No. No, Let's not go there. Um, Yeah. So that's yeah. That's that's the scene that makes me go, "Ouch!"
0: Yeah. So we've got Crispin Glover's character gets off with one of the twins. So the other one leaves. And um, I quite like her Her death We don't actually see it, but I quite like the way they did it. She see, goes she, outside. Shadow, yeah. Yes, hmm. you just see kind of, I think, is it lightning flashes or something? But you just, you see that she's killed in shadow. And then her body is kind of thrust against the wall or something. I thought that was quite Pinched good. the wall of the house, yeah. The mother is
1: killed then, yes. I think. Ah, um, yes.
0: The mother's killed, but it's one of those, another one, you don't quite know what happens. It yeah, happens off screen.
1: Yeah, so you just see her walking around in the rain. She looks up with a look of horror on her face, and then it cuts away to something else. And yeah. she's never seen again in the movie, although there is a, a deleted scene that we can talk about at the oh, end. Oh, I didn't yeah. know about that,
0: so you can tell me All about right, that one okay. later. Yeah, yeah OK. Yeah. I mean, my, my worry with that scene was she was looking for the dog, and I was thinking, oh, my God, what happened to the dog? I was more worried <laughs> about him. But Aww. poor old Gordon or whatever his name was. (laughs) That's my experience of watching Alien. It's like, the cash. The cash! (laughs) Save the cash! (laughs) Um, Crispin Glover comes to his end, which I thought was really good. It was one of the big jumps. Mm. It really made me jump, this one, um, where he's in the kitchen, looking for the corkscrew, and all of a sudden, from nowhere, Jason appears and slams the corkscrew down into his hand. Yeah. And then he gives him a chop to the head with something, like a knife or something. It's a meat cleaver to the ah, face. Ah, right, yeah. that's it. But that was like a, a really good jump scare. That really took me by surprise. And then it's followed quite soon afterwards by another really good jump scare when the, the twin that he was jagging upstairs, she's looking out the window, and Jason suddenly comes through the window, grabs her and pulls her out.
1: Yeah, he's on the second floor, and and, and it looks like he's jumped up there. Yes, he's very good, Jason. He is. (laughs) But it was a good jump scare
0: anyway. Both of those quite close together, I Mm. thought uh, they really made me jump out of my seat. Ted is next
1: to die, your favourite character. Oh, yes, that's right. He's downstairs watching vintage porn still. Yeah, he goes up. He goes up to touch one of the ladies' boobies on the screen. <laughs> sad, sad man. Yeah. When the 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 film comes on, comes unspurled. That's not even a word. What <laughs> was, unspurled? Unspooled from so, the. the... If, if there's
0: anything that yeah. sounds filthy, I think you've just said it. <laughs> Have you just unspurled? It's. Yes. Yeah.
1: Like... <laughs> yes. I'm only. I'm only, I'm a microsecond away from doing this. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. The film unspools itself, and he looks over to see, and he realizes that somebody else is in the room with him. Yes. And... Yes.
0: And it's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's a nice surprise one because he's got his back to the projector screen, mm-hmm. and then the knife comes through the projector screen and sticks into the back of his, isn't the back of his head? I think, isn't it? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. And then he, as he falls down, the the knife cuts the screen, yes. which is really quite good. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. So the next ones to go along are Sarah who's the librarian type one yeah. and her bloke who I is one of the ones I don't know the name Doug. of. Doug. Okay. Doug. Okay. Yeah. Played by Peter Barton from Hell Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're in the shower doing us, yes so um she gets out and he gets attacked in the shower by jason um which worked i thought worked quite well this where jason basically squishes his face against the the wall yeah and you get a glimpse of like an eye sort of bulging and stuff and mm-hmm. that was quite good I always like that, and then it's got a very crunchy sound effect as yes, well. Yes, yes. It's not as um, over-the-top as, like, in part three with the eye popping out, no. but it is, it's, it's good. And then the sad thing is she gets an axe to the chest, which is quite sad. It is, because I yeah. don't think she
1: deserved it, although she did shag him in the shower or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was think recently. Oh, she finally she finally, she got what she wanted, and then that was that. Yeah, mm.
1: yeah.
0: Anyway, the dog is not dead, we find out, because he's, uh, he, he's back at the house when Trish and Tommy return. And he jumps out the window. But then he jumps out the window. So, <laughs> so, and he's never seen again, so... Yeah, very uh, real yeah. yeah, no idea. So, anyway, while this is going on, um, Tommy is in one house, I think, and the other two are in the other house. Tommy's looking through clippings in the, the guy's bag of uh, Jason and there's... Rob, an, the Jason Hunter, yes. That's it, there's the Jason Hunter. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, an artist's impression of what he would have, which is an odd thing to have, an artist's impression mm. of what Jason would have looked like in a dream sequence in the first film.
1: Yeah, as if he had been rotting at the bottom of a lake for 20 years yeah. and he had, like, twigs all over him and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah it's a very strange thing to find in there, but, uh, yeah. Mm. So he's looking through those while
1: they're in the, the next house... Yes, Rob and Tri- Trish are investigating the main house, as you said And Trish goes upstairs uh, into the bathroom And she sees Doug, who was a guy who got his face squished against the wall He's now pinned to the wall with a with a knife That's right, yes And she runs back down to the basement to tell Rob that he's here <laughs> And then uh, Jason attacks him in yes. the cellar And as you do when you're being attacked by Jason Rob says, oh my god, he's killing me, he's killing me <laughs> Award-winning dialogue.
0: Uh, Wasn't that a line in Troll
1: 2? It could be. Oh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, there is a very similar line, I'm sure, in Troll 2. Something like, they're eating her, and they're going to eat me. Yes, yes. Something
0: Something very similar.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so anyway, um,
0: he... uh... Yeah, so he's attacked by Jason in the cellar. And in the meantime, she's trying to get out and she keeps finding bodies at the end, exits. Yeah, and she won't step over them. No. Which is frustrating. No. Yes. Although I quite like the idea that Crispin Glover's character, they kind of nailed him, Jason has sort of nailed him to the door frame.
1: Yes, nailed his was, hands in a crucifixion type yes, way. Yes, yeah. that's
0: right. But what I thought was really good is that a bit later, Jason goes to go out that door and just kind of grabs him and just pulls him. And you see the hands rip. Yeah, yeah. it's like a yeah. ooh moment when you watch it. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so um, the hunt. This the what's his name? Rob, the Jason Hunter guy. Yeah, he gets thrown through a window, which reminds me a bit of Brenda from Part One, <laughs>
1: and uh, Rick from Part Three
0: gets yes. thrown through a window as well. Yes, it's a recurring and thing. A, it, yeah, it happens in Part Five as well. Oh, ah. yeah. And um, there's also a strange moment where Jason breaks through a door panel. And it's a bit of a here's Johnny moment, isn't it? We sort of break yep. through this panel and sort of look through it. But uh, Trish smashes a telly on his head. So that
1: that does for the time yeah, being. Yeah, and, and this is the old cathode ray tube tellys, the CRT oh, tellys. Yes. So there's a lot of weight in it and a lot of electricity. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. It's sparking and all sorts of things. Yes, that's right. But he, it's not the end of him. He chases them around. Um, she jumps out of a window.
1: Again, just like the dog,
0: yeah. Yeah, she jumps, although the dog didn't flash his knickers quite as much as what yes, she, she and, did. Oh, yeah
1: am i allowed to say something really bold oh go on okay you can edit this out if you if necessary but i think i think watching this on um on a high definition television i think i saw camel toe
0: (laughs) i wonder what you were gonna say
1: yeah (laughs)
0: I know. Well, the, the interesting thing is they weren't brown panties. Yeah. Although they, well, by this time they, you thought they would have been <laughs> <laughs> from the mud on the ground. You
1: mean, surely? Of, yeah. Of yeah. course,
0: of course. Yeah. <laughs> and while this is going on, Tommy Jarvis has been left alone, and he's in his room shaving his head, which takes us back to uh, Ginny in part two, doesn't yeah. it? This kind of. Yeah
1: totally impractical ways of fighting serial killers.
0: Yeah, yes. Yes, let's look at this um, artist's impression of a character from a dream and just make ourselves look like that. Yeah, but he didn't have twigs in his head. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Yeah, so anyway, so that's his plan to defeat the serial killer is to look like him and do what Ginny did, basically. <laughs> that, you know. Trish swings the machete round and cuts the mask off so we get our, uh, towards the end of the film, we always get a, a glimpse of Jason's yes. face, mm-hmm. a bit of a shock. Um, Tommy picks up the machete, swings it, hits him smack into the head and then there's like the real big effect of the whole film when Jason falls and his head slides slowly down the machete blade. Yes, another effect that was censored from the original
1: VHS release.
0: Ah, see, now I'm remembering, I saw this when it was at the the cinema. And I remember being really impressed by this final. Really disgusted and Mm. shocked by it, but really impressed by it at the same time. It is really effective, Mm, yeah. mm. But it's not the end because we we see his hand twitching, but Tommy Jarvis suddenly picks up the machete and starts laying into him really, really hard, saying, ''Die, die, die!'' Mm. Final scenes are Trish is in hospital and she is concerned talking to the doctors about her brother's behaviour and that last moment and they try and reassure her that, uh, you know, in moments of extreme stress and everything. Tommy comes in looking quite creepy, looking a bit like um, Pugsley Adams, actually. He does a bit, he does. (laughs) Um, And he comes in, gives her a big hug and then while he's hugging her, the camera looks at his face and he opens his eyes and gives a really dark look at the camera it's that I've got a secret look Mm. at
1: soap operas when so you know
0: yes and then and that's where it ends Mm. now I thought that was when I saw this I thought that was a really interesting way that they could have taken this if they wanted to do any more after this because then you've got a new character you could finally get rid of Jason and get away with your final chapter it's the end of Jason stuff and start all again with a completely new character. So I thought this was a. But they didn't at all. <laughs> well, they did kind of
1: in part five.
0: Well, they, they did. Yeah, that's very true. They did. But I thought it would have been um, handed on to Tommy Jarvis. Yes. True. You know, yeah. He would have been a natural. You know, it would have automatically been the next one and, and so on and so on. So, So what's your thoughts on part four?
1: Well, I love part four. And like for a long time, it was my favourite because it. Uh, It's directed by Joseph Zito, and I think he does a a brilliant job because he's mainly went on to do action movies, uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren type stuff. Mm. Uh, So the actions handled really well. I think like they they perfected the the formula to the nth degree for for this entry. And I think I thought at the time it sort of encapsulated everything. You were saying this about part three. You thought it, it. encapsulated the essence of all of what Friday the 13th is and that Hmm. that for me was what the final chapter was it was teenagers in a house great special effects lots of action lots of fun a bit of jokes um someone's bottom uh cory feldman with the adrian king haircut what more more do you want for now my opinions revised i I've, i'm leaning more towards the earlier ones like part one and two but probably my favorite now but yeah i think one two three and four just works so well because yeah. nobody want nobody bothered um messing with the formula mm. it was one two three and four are so interchangeable that the exact same template is used for each entry and it's uh, part five is kind of works on, in the same way. They use the same template. Yeah. Part six as well to a degree, but then part seven onwards, they start messing with things. Yes. Intr- introducing yes. more overtly supernatural elements, and that's where things go off the rails completely for me. Yes. Um I know lots of film fans have issues with repetition in sequels. I don't. If I like part one, I want part two to be more of the same or part three to be more of the same. If they if it if they do something different and it's good, I don't mind. But if they mm. do something different and it's it's Tosh. I would much prefer to watch more of the same.
0: I'm kind of with you. I know what you mean. It's that if I watch a film and I really enjoyed it, and there's a sequel. I go to the sequel because I want to see more of what I saw in the first one. Yes, exactly. If they, if they add something to it, that's fine, as long as they don't take away what originally appealed mm. to me in the first one. So, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm like you with the first four. They are, they are very much of a similar formula and, and all this, and that's what I really liked. It's when they mm. get to the later ones, which is what you're saying as well, mm. where they start leaving that template and going off in completely different directions, I started to lose interest yeah, with those ones, I was less enthusiastic to go and
1: watch them. Yeah, because I remember when Jason Goes to Hell comes out, which is the one that is about the body hopping Jason, the yeah, one that yeah. riffs on the hidden. And the filmmakers came out uh, like they were facing lots of criticism from it because everyone thought it was a pile of pants. Yeah. And um the filmmakers came out and said, "Oh well, we, at least we did something different. We weren't just doing the same thing over and over again." And I'm like, <laughs> that's not a valid. Point to make you made a piece of utter trash. Mm. Uh, if you had made something that was the old fashioned Friday the Thirteenth formula, and it was it was some way good, I don't think fans would have had an issue. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, So I mean, with these sort, with the, particularly the Friday films, um, do you think they could work these days if someone made something along those same structure, the same formula?
1: Mm. You see, I don't know. I think uh, uh, again, a lot of their appeal for me is nostalgia. Um, I I went to see the Friday the 13th remake that's from 2009. And it, it, I mean, it was about teenagers being killed, but I just hated every second of it. Uh, (laughs) It just didn't work for me. Um, And it it took elements from parts two and three. It had Jason with a uh, sack on his head and then Jason with a hockey mask. And I don't know, it just, it, it didn't work for me. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure modern audiences would, appreciate an old style friday the 13th movie i don't know if i think it would be too hokey for them um and certainly the critics wouldn't enjoy it
0: well i don't think critics enjoyed it in the first place did they (laughs) no they certainly didn't yeah absolutely hated them hmm no i mean how do you feel generally about when people try to do remakes of these sort of cult films 80s horror films um, and things i
1: don't mind i mean we're, we're talking about 3d I, I really enjoyed the my bloody valentine 3d remake in mm, i did at, too actually yeah. oh 3d was brilliant in that and that was one of the few films i thought that utilized 3d in the way i want to see it um so i don't mind i mean a lot of them are rubbish and i'm not saying that because i'm precious about the original films and i don't like to see them being rem- remade because I, I, that's not a problem for me i mean i hated the halloween remake i hated the prom night remake april fool's day was rubbish uh, my belay valentine was okay i didn't like the sorority ha- uh, house and sorority row remake um at all hmm. uh, i don't mind them rebooting them at all if they're good but hmm. nine times out of ten they aren't uh, and i think just uh, modern horror films a lot of the time just aren't for me the, the one series i did like was paranormal activity which is quite um, a, quite a tame series I suppose but I, I, yeah. I never got, I never got into Saw or Hostel or any of those type of ones um, yeah so yeah. reboot by all means um, rebooting and if it's rubbish it doesn't tarnish the original for me in any way but uh, I mean I bought the Halloween box set that Scream Factory brought out on Blu-ray a couple of years ago and uh, yeah I was watching Halloween 1 and 2 the Rob Zombie ones again and they haven't grown on me at all I just they just keep mm. getting worse every time I see them um, they're awful, awful films um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah No, I, I've not seen them yet actually To be honest right. uh, I've not been in a great rush to see no. them Have you seen the Friday the 13th
1: remake?
0: I have, I didn't mind it um, Yeah, I, I didn't
1: dislike it I thought it was okay for what it was it was it 's much better than the Halloween really yes, yes. that much and there are yeah. certain scenes in it I like, but there was, there was one character that I hated it, you know the, the, the obnoxious jock guy hmm. um I found him really grating in that film, yeah, yeah i didn 't like the idea of Jason holding someone hostage and all that type of thing. I just thought they were. Again, I I mean, Justin has said this as well. It's They're overthinking Friday the 13th. It's such a basic formula. You don't need to be putting in motivations and subplots and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's the simplicity that that works. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when you watch these films, originally back in the day when you got them on VHS or whatever, and when you watch them now, how different is your view of them?
1: Um well they don't have they don't have any shock value anymore, obviously because I've seen them so many times um, mm-hmm. back in the day they yeah they felt kind of dangerous, I suppose they felt edgy, and now mm-hmm. they feel sort of quaint um <laughs> i suppose is is one way to put i mean they are i mean if you put them side by side with saw and hostel <laughs>
0: yeah uh, yeah
1: yeah um. I st- I I mean I am very very fond of them and again part of it is because I enjoy the movies and part of it is because I'm in a bit of a nostalgia buff
0: yeah. which, is, which
1: is why I love Toya um so much <laughs> you and like Kachi-
0: old things yeah and Kajagoogoo. and I, like,
1: I, I do I do like old things yes <laughs> um and my appreciation grew like as they came out in various digital formats and I could finally see them in widescreen and see them uncut because as I yeah. said like, particularly three four and five were had huge chunks missing from them on the original vhs release and mm. i was too uh, by the time i got into horror they'd been and gone in the cinema uh, i as i said i jumped on the friday the 13th bandwagon just as jason lives came out on video and that was the last one that got released in cinemas over here until uh, jason versus or freddie versus jason um so i i didn't get to see any of them theatrically which i you know which was, was a shame mm. i would lo- i would have loved to have been there sort of opening day for all of them um hmm mm.
0: Yeah, I think I was lucky I saw three, four, and five theatrically. Mm. Mm. But then, as I said, as it went later, I was less... They weren't released theatrically anyway, the later ones, but I was in less of a rush to go and get them from the the video shop, Mm. you know, as they got further and further away from the formula.
1: Mm. Um, Has your your opinion... uh... Increased? Have you grown more fond of the films as the years have gone on? Or are you finding them less interesting now? Twenty no, years on? No, no, not.
0: It's different. I think is that mm. I used to watch them uh, very similar to what you're saying. Actually, I used to watch them because there was something exciting about them, and and you know the, the way that they they'd make you jump and they'd build up mm. tension and all that. So I'd watch them as what they were meant to be at the time. Whereas now, now I'm older and I've seen so many other horror films they don't scare me but it's the there's definitely a nostalgia thing to them and i just mm. find them quite fun they're predictable but in a kind of a comforting way if that's comforting's yeah. a wrong word if you think about it it's no, to do I know with what people being yeah. maimed and yeah. killed but there's something very familiar about them that i quite yeah. like and it, you know what you're getting
1: yeah the films don't disturb they they are they're not designed to to be disturbing films like no. I, 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 when people no I'm a horror fan they assume I'm into like watching people being tortured and all that type of thing and I don't like ex- I've said this before and history mm. continues I don't like what's known as extreme horror so that French new wave of films like Inside and Martyrs and stuff like that mm. not really my cup of tea at all I prefer sort of the safer end of horror things like this uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Halloween Evil Dead all that type of stuff Um yeah one thing I will say about Friday the 13th part 3 is that one memory I have of watching this back in the 80s was the second VCR we got in the house had the ability to watch things in reverse at the same speed as as going <laughs> forwards right so so I watched all 90 minutes of Friday the 13th part 3 in reverse now it wouldn't play any sound it was just completely silent but I just I just liked the idea of people being killed in reverse or something it was (laughs) something weird i don't know it was a gimmick at the time and i just sat there and i watched the whole film in reverse which makes me sound odd i know i I like the idea of that because you've got the famous scenes with the eyeball popping out of the head and then you've got goes back in yeah
0: yeah, and then the spear thing going into what's her name's eye are kind of reversed
1: yeah so there we go yeah that's how that's what an odd child i was yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) well anyway eric um Going back to Hysteria Continues
0: and things like that, if people want to know a bit more about that or want to know where they can find out more about you or the podcast or anything, where can they find out? OK,
1: well, the, there's probably not much information about me out there, but for the podcast, it's we are the Hysteria... good thing, really, to be honest. It probably, it probably is. They, everything they need to know about me, they'll hear on the podcast. <laughs> I like Toya and horror movies. I'm, I'm really kind of two-dimensional that way, unlike Friday the 13th Part 3. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're the Hysteria Continues on Facebook and you can find our podcast on iTunes. I think we're up to 130 episodes or something. We're recording our new episode tomorrow morning, which is going to be for um, Alice Sweet Alice, the 1977 oh. Alfred Soul movie, also known as Communion. Um, we are uh, yeah coming up on, as I said, two commentary tracks coming up on Arrow releases, one for Madhouse and one for The Slayer, both uh, ex-video nasties yeah yeah um, excellent so that's where you'll that's where you'll find us all yeah brilliant
0: well thank you so much for joining me and talking with me for this thank you it's a pleasure ah it it's been fun. brilliant talking to you yeah. um i've had a lot of fun anyway <laughs> so well take care and uh, thanks again eric thank you well i hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as i did at the time I'll be back with an next director episode soon when I'll be looking at Pete Walker and his films The Flesh and Blood Show, House of Whipcord and Frightmare or Cover-Up. Don't forget if you want to send me your thoughts or comments about him or those movies or what you think of this podcast, you can email me on TrilogyPodcast at gmail.com, you can find me on Twitter at IamGoreBlimey, you can comment on the Facebook page and you can join in the chat on the Facebook group Trilogy of Terror Podcast Official. And if you enjoy the podcast and have a few minutes, you could make me happy by leaving a short review on iTunes, or Apple Podcasts as it's called now. Special thanks again to Eric for joining me. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for the music. The show must be go. Thanks to Strangerdeadly.com for giving this podcast a home. And saving the best till last, thank you for listening and keeping me busy and off the streets. Till next time, bye. <laughs> Don't forget to visit and like the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at IamGoreBlimey. Or email us at TrilogyPodcast at gmail.com.
1: and then we're introduced to our core group of uh, new they're not camp counselors this time they're holiday makers
0: and when you say core group you, you i thought you were talking about uh, what's his name the shop again then Who? different different kind of core i don't follow never mind i'm going to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> i meant core is in cor not core oh right yeah that died to death didn't it <laughs> sorry <God. laughs> oops it serves me okay. right for cutting you off mid-flow
1: <laughs> i can work remotely i can remote control my pc at work i wonder what you were many... gonna say
0: that. i can remote control my pc Do you know what? i i'm so glad you said pc <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah yeah <clears throat> I'm quite glad that it's the first one I've got through without actually making loads of references to Ryan Reynolds in it, which is quite something. Hang on, he did say Ryan Reynolds a few times. Well, a, a few times, once.
1: Well, yeah, no, ju- I, think, just... I think I mentioned him again, yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, he's just one of, those, one of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll just rub off on me.
1: <laughs> you totally like Justin. Um, I, I'm assuming Justin loves Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds as well.
0: I don't know, probably. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm, I'm just looking at pictures of him topless here on Google, and yeah. Justin? Justin would love him, yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you're Justin topless on Google. I'm thinking, what on earth are you no, looking
1: at? No, no, I'm looking at Ryan, Ryan Reynolds <laughs>
0: topless on Google, and I'm going... You, too much information. No, I've still yet to recover from the uh, Deadpool Um yeah, there's a Deadpool. There's a there's a scene in Deadpool where he has a naked fight scene where it's actually apparently is all him. And oh, uh, right. yeah, my pause button has never been the same since.
1: Oh, I that was a long good Friday.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Okay. There's a shower scene
1: with Bob at the end. And... Oh, God.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where you, if you had a VHS um, tape of it, you put it in and all of a sudden you go... Yeah. At that point, <laughs> it's
1: really worn. <laughs> Somebody's been watching this one a lot,
0: yeah. <laughs> it seems to have got all hot and worn, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>